Bugle, audio newspaper for a visual world. Hello, Buglers, and welcome to issue 4086 of the... But... Nah, no, it's gone. Uh, <laughs> bugle, that's it. Sorry. It's Thursday, the 1st of November. I am... Uh, what does it matter? We're all just dust in the winds of history, Zaltzman. Not the catchiest first name, but I thought it was time for a rebrand. You can call me Dusty for short. I am in... Any guesses? Wrong! Wrong, wrong, wrong. Unless you said London, in which case you're right. And uh, joining me this week to leaf through the vomit-stained pages, chundered from the guts of news into the puke bucket of history this week. Yeah. All the way, firstly, from also from London, it's Al Murray. Good, good day to um, you, sir. Hello, Al. Um, uh, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm very well, Andy. You didn't ask me. No, I didn't. But ask I'm very well. Oh, yeah, it's good. one of the social niceties. <laughs> yeah. That's still going. Yeah, I think we should just go go straight in. I know the new cycle is so fast. We yeah. haven't got time to ask each other where we are, but um, yeah. I'm very well. Um, I'm particularly enjoying the location we're in today. Yes, because we're in Cock Lane. We are in we are in Cock Lane. In uh, yeah. in it's very much the, the you know bu- the, the spiritual home of the bugle. Yeah, we've probably recorded on a ten or twelve episodes here, but Cock Lane, I think, is where we belong. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it's a, a delight to be yeah. in Cock Lane. Um, in a basement in Cock Lane, so we're at the bottom of Cock Lane. <laughs> <laughs> so somewhere at the uh, end of the shaft of Cock Lane, <laughs> just above the balls. <laughs> the ball was well, that's the, the, the etymological origin of St Paul's Cathedral. It was originally St Balls. Yeah, yeah. St Balls. Yeah, everyone Cathedral. knows that. Yeah, yeah. Everyone. It's just around the corner. Yeah. Of course. And by the godless <laughs> miracle that is communications technology, all the way from Melbourne, Australia. It's a man who, since he was last on the bugle back in April, has destroyed Australian civilization. Mm. Here to explain how he did it, it's Tom Ballard. Hello, gentlemen. Hi. The uh, ABC Congratulations, in Tom. Melbourne is actually on Arsehole Lane, so that's a crazy coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how have you been, Tom? Terrible. My TV show got cancelled. I am too hot for TV. I am a rebel taking down the Australian government through the power of satire, and they (laughs) they f***ing ended me, mate. Truth, truth, all very well, isn't it, truth to power? (laughs) It's all very well, but it got you into awful trouble, didn't it, it turns out? Yes, yes, the show got ended, did not get renewed. Uh, There was a government inquiry into the language used on the program, and two weeks after Tonightly with Tom Ballard finished up, both the managing director of the Australian Broadcasting Corporation and the chairman of the board (laughs) were both relieved of their duties. So don't cross me, Zaltzman. I am very powerful. (laughs) Right. But you did sort of take yourself down with it, so it's... uh I yeah. thought dro- the word drongo could upset so many people. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, they're very touchy about that kind of stuff so, around here. You know how it is. <laughs> so, I mean, uh, it, this goes back to a, a show you did in in March. Uh, that's that's correct. Now, I, I was reading up about it. Uh, the former chairman of ABC uh, apparently in an email said, it's not okay to call somebody a on an ABC comedy show. I mean, that's pretty vague. I mean, some, let's be reasonable. That, surely that's putting on restrictions that are very unfair in terms of the language people are accustomed to using and also <laughs> in terms of the politicians being discussed, especially because, A, it's Australia, and, B, it's Australia. <laughs> surely those two factors should come into play. Yes, no, he didn't seem to take either of those factors into play at all. We were, we didn't we call someone a c- We joked about the idea of calling someone a c- that's very, very different. Right. And this particular g- candidate was a candidate for the uh, party, uh, the Australian Conservatives, yep. who were a pack of c- I mean, I'm not employed anymore. <laughs> and I'm allowed to say that, and I stand by it. 
Is that the collective noun in a pack? A pack of It's <laughs> a murder, I think. Oh. A murder of <laughs> well, you can jo- join the club in not having uh, having your own t- TV show. I just, I, just, I just cut out the middle, man. So <laughs> that difficult middle phase. We actually have You're to make always ahead, Zoltzman. You're always ahead. <laughs> so I was uh, uh, intrigued. It was the Batman by-election, which um, uh, obviously is a source of considerable entertainment. And it's essentially just just that name is why that's... I mean, it all came from that, didn't it? With you calling Batman a Batman, yeah. it's pronounced Batman. He did horrible things to Indigenous people in Australia. He has an electorate named after him. We had a sketch about renaming the electorate, not taking away his name completely, but renaming the electorate. Batman was a c- <laughs> <laughs> um, and then this ca- this candidate was uh, running in that particular electorate, and uh, we noticed that on on his campaign post that he didn't have the phrase Batman at all. So uh, we were reduced to saying that uh, this particular person is a cunt. You see, right. hilarity right. ensued. It was cleared by a uh, by a report from the Media Authority, the Australian Communications and Media Authority. Uh, they released a report in which the word cunt was used fifty three times. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's 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 progress of sorts. Uh, I was intrigued by by <laughs> Batman. Um, he was described by a, a neighbour, uh, the artist John Glover, who was uh, an artist in the early nineteenth century. He described uh, John Batman as a rogue, thief, cheat, and liar, a murderer of blacks, and the vilest man I've ever known. He to me sounds like a prime minister in waiting for the way global politics is going in the twenty first century. <laughs> He just got elected in Brazil, I think, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I guess as the old saying goes, don't go into politics if you don't want someone to call you a c- um, <laughs> Al, you've also basically brought down the British establishment. Well, no, I'm, I'm, I've been accused of attempting right. to. I, okay. I, I, haven't actually, I haven't actually successfully haven't lit the gunpowder right. like okay. Tom. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I've made this programme called Why Does Everyone Hate the English, um, which is a, a, a light-hearted look at the fact that everyone hates the English. Right. Um, <laughs> it's basically the English at the moment. Well, yeah, basically, <laughs> yeah. And um, I, uh, the title of this show, no one's watched the f- <laughs> which is, you know, which is par for the course. And um, the title of the show, the we title of the show. No one watched that show it's, either. It's, it's, uh, it, well, it's wonderful, isn't it? It's great. To, it's great for a show that no one watches to be cancelled. I mean, that's the tree. That, <laughs> that's the tree that falls in the f-ing forest, isn't it? When there's no one there to hear it. Um, um, the, the, uh, basically, UKIP, the, uh, UKIP Gerard Batten MEP, who's a who's a f-ing moron, right? Um, I'm not going to call him a. I'm not going to go that far because I don't want the bugle shut down right, okay. globally. Yeah. Um, he he has said he looked at the he, he tweeted the artwork with this this quote saying Al Murray clearly hates despises his country right. and is um, wants to destroy it. And then that and I, I found out about this because I suddenly got a load of kippers on my timeline yeah. saying um, that I was more of a threat to the, the cohesion of the United Kingdom than Anjum Chowdhury, hate preacher Anjum <laughs> Chowdhury, who's, right. who's just been let out of jail. Right. And, and the thing is, is it's it really is a light-hearted look at the history. You know, I went to Ireland and got pissed with Andrew Maxwell for a week, <laughs> <laughs> and and somewhere along the line said, "Oh, some rotten stuff happened, didn't it?" So I have not brought down. I've not brought down right. England or the UK or anything. But but I've been accused of it. It's not quite the same thing. I mean, no one's had to. No no heads have rolled. I mean, I'm really impressed, Tom, that you've. You've actually got people fired. <laughs> you know, obviously, the truth to the wrong power. Yeah. You know, the, the, the wrong people got fired, but well done. I mean, you know, comedy's a life without consequence. It's <laughs> fucking amazing. I couldn't have done it without the bugle, friends. <laughs> uh, it's uh, 
No, no, November. It's the 11th month of the year. Still no signs of November climbing the table. That's the problem with having a close shop with months. No promotion or relegation. And the uh, later months of the year just bumble along complacently. In December, jeez. <laughs> Still they're worried about being dropped. Nothing's going to change. Uh, Saturday, the 3rd of November, is National Bison Day in America. Uh, but please, for our American listeners, if you are going to buy a bison for your kids, spouse, parents, or as a leaving present for a work colleague who's heading off to a new job, please remember, if you don't keep trimming the bison like a bonsai, they get absolutely f***ing massive. So make <laughs> sure you also invest in a good quality bison trimmer. Um, Monday, of course, is the 5th of November around the world, and especially so here in Britain, where we celebrate Guy Fawkes Day, uh, surely Britain's uh, favourite incompetent terrorist. Yeah, Guy definitely, Fawkes. definitely. If only there were more like him on the terrorist circuit, ones who just totally f***ed up. Well, he he he, he did totally he did totally f*** it up, yeah. didn't he? And you always get that. What we're going to get is that run rash of jokes of the only person who entered Parliament with honourable intentions. Yeah. And you think, ah, that's, yeah, <laughs> is that? Fu- oh, that's not funny. No, he wanted to kill everyone. Oh no, that's terrible. And for Spain, I mean, who do it for the Spain? He's trying to kill people for Spain. Right. I mean, that's 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 not right, is it? Well, that's probably why it became a slightly over elaborate plot with too much passing <laughs> in the build-up. Want to go direct. Um, uh, and we, um, of course, we uh, celebrate him, mm. uh, as I believe the term is, by burning effigies now of, uh, um, of prominent, often popular and divisive political figures. So there's going to be some f***ing enormous bonfires this year. It's just another way Donald Trump is damaging the environment. It's uh, also, today is World Vegan Day, so this episode of The Bugle has been written unusually, without any help from animals. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Clive, you wrote some lovely gags about the American midterms, but I cannot use them. Not today. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the ones that appear to me miraculously out of a packet of tofu. <laughs> Screw you, Clive, you're ruining the environment. As always, <laughs> a section of the Bugle is going straight in the bin. This week we review the latest hit TV shows from Saudi state television, including Celebrity Hit Squad, Get Back Inside or I'll Have You Flogged and Jailed, very amusing romantic sitcom, and Boom or Bust, Thrills and Spills Guaranteed, as a selection of your favourite princes test out the latest weapons bought from pliant Western arms companies. Those <laughs> sections in the bin. <laughs> Top story this week and... Well, China is obviously taking over the world. We are here in November 2018, Britain squabbling with itself over Brexit like a meat-loving vegan trying to Heimlich manoeuvre its own sausage-clenching fist out from its esophagus whilst biting its arm off just to spit it, spit it back in its own face before <laughs> collapsing like an overstretched metaphor. America, meanwhile, trying to exorcise itself of itself by acupuncturing itself with a load of rusty knitting needles applied with a bolt gun. Not entirely working yet. Europe drifting to the far right politically like a miraculously reborn Abraham Lincoln thinking, what shall I do with my night off this time? I know another trip to the theatre uh, all the while China once again thinking well this is turning out to be a fuck of a lot easier than we thought it would be <laughs> Al Al you are our China gearing up to take over as the world's number one superpower correspondent yes bring us up to date well um, uh, this is quite the most extraordinary story from China um, there, there's been a lot of there's been a lot of fuss uh, recently, that we are not ready for Brexit and that the, the British government hasn't made the preparations. It's going to be a great big, enormous task that they will never, ever get round. Um, uh, it's been a week of incredible things like Mike Pence's Christian rabbi, right? <laughs> but... <laughs> I mean, that really should only be a cryptic crossword clue. Yeah, absolutely. Or, 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 or the name of a, you know, the, uh, the fictional name of a band that people say, <laughs> I prefer their early stuff. Right. But 
The Chinese government, <laughs> right, is planning that by 2020, everyone in China, right, everyone in China will be enrolled in a vast national database that compiles fiscal and government information, including minor traffic violations, and distills it into a single number, ranking each citizen. <laughs> I mean, holy <laughs> right? I mean, the... the Exactly. It's set off it's set off the fire alarm in the building. This is how dangerous the, this show the, is. The ambition of oh. the Chinese government. It, absolutely incredible. So it's a social it's a social credit system where basically That was really sinister. That, that, that was, was really <laughs> they are, they're, they're already they're already listening to us. Who'd have thought the bugles was on the Chinese government's hit list? In its in its raw under, unbroadcast form. It's incredible. Your so, rating yeah, so ba- is negative five, Murray. <laughs> negative five. Absolutely. But this is what this is, right? It was on, it was on the BBC and it, was, and, it, and it did the rounds on social media. It was a broadcast from a train, a train operating company in China going, um, uh, your behaviour on this train will be logged and noted according to standards <laughs> as laid down by this train company and will go on, basically go on your file as a passenger. And the in China, what they're doing is rolling out this idea of social credit, and and it's coming from um, uh, Sesame Credit, which is the financial wing of Alibaba, which is you know like a, which both sound lovely, don't uh, they? Well, well, yeah, but well, exactly. <laughs> wasn't Ali? It's Alibaba. Isn't Alibaba on the Forty Thieves? <laughs> I mean, like, uh, uh, it's basically it's 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 a way of introducing children to high finance to high through, finance. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's an online shopping platform in China. It's enormous. Yeah. It's only but but the thing is. What this always comes back to with China is that that's got 400 million users. That's a lot of people. But how many people are there in China? Like, what is it? One, it's about 1.4 billion. 1.4 billion. Yep. So, so everyone, everyone in China is going to be on this. It's, it just keeps, for me, it just comes back to that. It's sinister. It's creepy. But how the f- how the f- how, what? How big is the server part? You know, you I, I admire the technology. I mean, it, well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I always get, I, I always end up with these stories, think, getting drawn into the. Um, how on earth are they going to do that? Rather than, rather than, oh, the civil liberties implications are appalling. Just how are they? How are they going to do that? It's, a, it's absolutely amazing, and you've got Focus to. Focus on the them. ethics so much, the admin. <laughs> Right, I am because because well, that's, well, we're British. That's how we built well, the empire. Absolutely, yeah. We look. We, we, we address that. Judging each other on trains—that's my entire perception <laughs> of yes, British people. We we are, but we we don't bother to write it down anywhere. We store it up as a sort of burning internal grudge system. But this is this is incredible. Apparently, the, the uh, Sesame Credit will not divulge divulge exactly how it calculates its credit scores, explaining that it is a complex algorithm. <laughs> you bet it. It is. I mean, this is. Ju- this is. I think this is ju- absolutely obviously the way the world. It's obviously the world. The way the world's going, and and I say that because China's in charge, right? So it's the way, isn't it? It's the way. It's, it's the one way of my favourite American sitcoms of the nineteen nineties. <laughs> And the, uh, the, the Sesame's technology director said, someone who plays video games for 10 hours a day, for example, would be considered an idle person. <laughs> and someone who fre- frequently buys diapers would be considered a, probably as a parent, who on balance is more likely to have a sense of responsibility. It's a- what, absolutely incredible. What struck me about that sentence, Al, someone who frequently buys diapers would be considered as probably a parent. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Don't not dive into it. <laughs> Pro- probably a parent. I guess it's a you know it's not absolutely hundred well, percent. Or it's someone selling well, nappies on, isn't it? It's a yeah, it middle. Be, it could be a yeah. middle a nappy trader. Yeah, yeah. I mean, middle... d- diapers for like you know sex purposes, which I think is worse <laughs> than being a video gamer. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> well, no, you're, you're right. I mean, you're right. I, I look at it slightly differently. 
as they're building up this massive national reputation database, delving into the inner souls of every member of the <laughs> Chinese nation. I say well done, China, for at least having the balls to be open about it. Because if you're going to implement a state-run mass surveillance system that essentially reduces your citizens to empty vassal pawns in the political game status, at least have the good grace, the basic manners, to tell everyone that you're doing it. Don't go through the masquerade of pretending you're not doing it, or worse, outsource it to dubious private companies to do the soul mining snooping for you at a profit as tends to happen over here this is straight up cards on the table honest eyeball to eyeball subterfuge and i admire that i agree with you i agree andy <laughs> I, obviously i'm worried about the admin but i agree i agree with what you've just said yeah. there i'm not surprised that you guys don't get it you're clearly both 2.4s okay me as an 8.6 <laughs> i get it and i get my head around it and i would do very well all right i actually did very well in high school and i think the chinese government will be very pleased with my trustworthiness and my brown <laughs> So, <laughs> you get like a specific number. Right? It's not an actual ranking from one to one point four billion, is it? Because that would be that would be brutal. Oh, no, that's, that's, that's what it's got. The billionth worst person in China. It's got, that's what it's got to be, surely, isn't it? It's yeah. got to be. And obviously, whoever the, whoever's in charge will be number one, won't they? And yeah. there'll be some. There'll be there'll be a gulag full of people who are. 1.6 yeah. billion. I mean, that that would how it would have. That's how it have to work. I mean, this is one of these things where people go, "This is like Black Mirror." Yeah, right? it, it's not like Black Mirror because it's actually f-ing happening. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a low social credit rating, you can be punished by being prevented from travelling, prevented yeah. from getting bank loans, yeah. or staying in hotels. Yeah. You have your job options restricted. You can even have your internet access blocked. Yeah. I mean, have these people not suffered enough with also without also being barred from watching old footage of 1980s sport? Has the Chinese government no sense of humanity? Do not answer that question. Uh, the pl- uh, planning document related to this project yeah. from the China State Council said that, quote, the new system will reward those who report acts of breach of trust. And if you do not think that's sinister enough immediately try repeating those words in a 1930s german or soviet accent <laughs> and just some breaking news coming through on the wires police in the oxford village of sutton courtney uh, have been called to a disturbance in the churchyard of all saints church They've arrested a man they described as being aged between 110 and 120, approximately 6 foot 2 inches in height, and a ghost going by the name of George Orwell, although without the papers to prove that was indeed his real name, whom they found defacing his own gravestone with spray-paint graffiti of the words, see what I meant. (laughs) (laughs) In other signs that China is about to take over the world news, the Chinese city of Chengdu is planning to replace streetlights with an artificial moon. Yeah, I mean, that's a glorious sentence to exist. Officials in the 14 million strong city of Chengdu, which in Chinese terms makes it a larger than average village, have announced plans to put a bogus moon in space. The pseudo-satellite will, they claim, reflect sunlight onto the streets at night with the aim of entirely replacing street lighting with a f***ing fake man-made moon. This is what we're up against. The the, the ambition um, uh, in China. I want them to. I want them to try this. I want them to try this (laughs) because because you know that then we're then we're living in a sci-fi future. All right, we don't benefit from it. Chinese people do. Yeah, you know, uh, we can all dream, can't we? We can all dream. I mean, how big? How? I mean, what? (laughs) Again, this is another one by twenty twenty as well. So they've got two years to get 
a fake moon into space and everyone onto an enormous hard drive. Yeah, well, they set deadlines. In Britain, we're trying to launch a shit new cricket competition by 2020. We're going to balls that up. <laughs> I think if you uh, have a low enough social credit store in China, you have to drive the moon. I think that's how it works. <laughs> well, anyway, take that, Neil Armstrong. Who needs to spend three days twiddling your thumbs and scratching your nuts in a rocket when you can just forge a moon and illuminate a large city with it? It's going to be eight times as bright as the real moon, which I think this always happens with moons, doesn't it? You know, the old ones <laughs> tossed aside in favour of younger and brighter moon. <laughs> I, I hope we get one out of Brexit, actually. I think. Well, you know, um, a fake moon on a stick. It's <laughs> <laughs> been promised to us, Al. been promised to us promised again to and the again people. and again. Yeah. Um, it, it, well, you know, uh, th- this is, though, this is, again, it's China's vaunting ambition to yeah. build a fake moon to put everyone's name on a hard drive and rate them. I mean, what if this moon... Is this moon going to have a higher rating than the real moon? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a, a moon-on-moon, one-to-one competition. What happens when the actual moon's going past the fake moon? That, you know... It's got to be feeling pretty rotten, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I do it, China. Yeah. Do it. NASA is doing some cool stuff, though. The Parker Solar Probe passed the current record of 42.73 million kilometres from the sun's surface on Monday. That is breaking a record. Uh, This satellite is on a mission to, quote, touch the sun, which, you know... Shows that the Me Too movement still has a long way to go, I think. I don't think you can... There is nowhere that you can hide. Maybe it was one that was sent in the 70s and has got a you know, different sense of propriety about what it's allowed to rub itself alongside. Yeah. You know, you send a satellite from the 70s and it's it's on a mission to get its hands on as many... Well, it was a Voyager that went straight yeah. into Venus. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, there's that one that rubbed itself along Saturn's rings. I mean, <laughs> family show, guys. What has happened to this? Buglers, modern life has probably got you brushing your teeth all wrong. Just because the news makes you angry, it doesn't mean you need to take it out on your teeth. And this is why you need a Quip electric toothbrush. Quip are backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. That's basically enough to nearly fill Lord's Cricket Ground. Their brushes have sensitive sonic vibrations, so you can be gentle with your sensitive gums. And given that even counting gets some of you wound up these days, Quip has a built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides, helping give a full and even clean. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com bugle right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com bugle. Australia news now. Uh, Tom, you are uh, our official Australia news correspondent as the man bringing down Australia from the inside. Um, since you were last on the show... You have been treated to, I mean, what's almost an annual treat now, a, a, a new Prime Minister, where you think you leave your old Prime Minister under the pillow and you get a new one in the morning. We've, we're up to our fifth in eight years, uh, but we are still sticking with an idiot. We're still locking that in, no matter how many we go through. That is the consistency that we've gone with. Are you very familiar with Scott Morrison? Have you, are you aware of him? Oh. Have you embraced ScoMo into your life? Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit aware of him from my my trips to Australia the last the last last couple of years. Um, I mean, he's not necessarily someone that's easy to instantly warm to as as a neutral. I think that's probably fair to say. 
Yeah, he has a bald spot and glasses. He looks like an insurance accountant management consultant somehow. <laughs> um, he came to power after there was a failed coup by Peter Dutton, who was the immigration minister. Peter Dutton looks like a potato, is just as dynamic flavour-wise. So you're saying the immigration minister couldn't get in? <laughs> Boom! There we go. He was turned around, yes. Uh, ScoMo <laughs> is the nickname uh, that we've given to Scott Morrison. I think he's, like, adopted it himself. ScoMo, which does kind of sound like something you catch after an extended period of time on the high seas, I think. <laughs> ER. We had to amputate me leg because of the ScoMo. <laughs> Um, but he's had just just an amazing run already. We're two months in already. He's the 30th Prime Minister. In his first few weeks in the job, his social media team released a video of him speaking in Parliament, and uh, they used the 1999 Fat Man Scoop banger, Be Faithful, uh, as part of the video. Uh, he then immediately apologised and took down the video when he was informed that that song contains the classic lyrics, Who f***ing tonight? Who f***ing tonight? Now... <laughs> Which, of course, reminds me of the, of the time Winston Churchill released a promotional telegram of one of his speeches set to the sounds of two live crews, me so horny. I think we all remember that. <laughs> I thought Fat Man Scoot was a new cricket shot pioneered by W.G. Grace in his later years, but uh, evidently, <laughs> evidently I was mistaken. you got cricket on the brain and you're insane, eh? You're insane, man. <laughs> Scott Morrison tweeted, The full lyrics of the song used in my early video from Question Time today were just not okay. When I found out, I asked the team to take it down. Apologies. Now, Scott Morrison used to be Australia's immigration minister and is therefore responsible for the indefinite detention and torture of innocent refugee children, and he has <laughs> never apologised for that. But apparently <laughs> tweeting out part of a song with some rude words in another part of that song is simply unacceptable. It's like if Hitler apologised for the shouting. <laughs> <laughs> Very strange. Then Fat Man Scoop was like, oh, I'm coming to tour Australia. I'll meet you backstage, Scott Morrison. And then he said, cool. But then at the AFL Grand Final, Scott Morrison tweeted a photo of him with Will I Am from Black Eyed Peas and said, sorry, at Fat Man Scoop, I made a new friend this afternoon, basically implying that the Prime Minister of Australia seems to believe you can only be friends with one black musician at any one time. <laughs> That is the rule, which is a real one-in-one-out policy that he also applies to Australia's immigration. So he's consistent, I think, which is good. Yeah. So is he, is he a massive hip-hop fan, Scott Morrison? He doesn't look look like one. Skirmo, bitch! <laughs> he says that a lot. Now, am I right in thinking that he was the um, face of Vic's vapor rub <laughs> As a child. Vic's love rub. <laughs> He was in an ad. Was that it? He was a child yeah. actor briefly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I've just, because I have never, this is the thing with Australian politics, blink and you miss it, I had never heard of this guy, right? He may be Prime Minister of a, a, a nation that we are determined to do a trade deal with, even though it's pretty clear you're not interested, right? And, <laughs> and so I've just, I've Googled him, and it says some reports have suggested he was the iconic 1970s Vicks Love Rub kid, but footage to confirm or refute this has not been found. <laughs> He has stated he was in a different Vix commercial. All oh, right, uh, uh, this is amazing. That that'll do. You know, that's 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 w enough to know about him. Child actor. They're weird. Your prime minister's <laughs> pigs, and we are just in a different Vix commercial. 
Yeah, yeah. I was not in that Vicks commercial. I did not rub that particular Vicks <laughs> on myself. Amazing. Quite incredible. But if he was a child actor, he's a bell end. That's <laughs> a, a pretty pretty good um, uh, weather vane, that. <clears throat> think if he's a prime minister, he's a bird. He, he's not all bad though. He just at the he's a cricket thing, Andy. At the prime minister's eleven match in Canberra, while interacting with the crowd, Scott Morrison sculled a cup of beer and then placed the cup on the top of his head. And that's the most interesting thing that's ever happened at a cricket match ever. So right. there you go. F- you Tom. F- you. F- you. F- you. Okay. That is un- <laughs> unacceptable to have that level of blasphemy on this show. <laughs> Morrison also has this trophy in his office with a small boat. Uh, it's a trophy of a boat, and it has the inscription, I stopped these, which is a reference to the fact that he oh. stopped the boats, the refugee boats coming to Australia. And it's always a good sign when your nation's leader has physical reminders of the horrific things they're responsible <laughs> for dotted around their office. Uh, I think Margaret yeah. Thatcher had a little trophy of unions in her office with the inscription, I crushed these. George Bush <laughs> had a trophy of a small Iraqi child with the inscription, I killed these. And David Cameron had a little piggy bank with a slot for his penis. So, <laughs> <laughs> Family show. Britain news now and... Well, Brexit uh, is getting closer and closer, or further and further away. Delete, as history proves applicable. (laughs) But the most exciting uh, part of it uh, is, Al, we're going to get a new coin out of it. Yeah, not content with the dangling us the ripe cherry of a blue passport. This government is offering us a 50p piece to celebrate... <clears throat> the, the 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 excitement of our departure from the European Union that's going to say on it um, because who says we do irony in this country <laughs> it's going to say on it friendship to all nations on the back of it which is just like this that is just awesome that, that, that we have the greatest sense of humor in the world in this country and we're going to demonstrate it with a, with a 50p piece it's absolutely amazing it's and also going to set a world record for the most sarcastic invisible quote marks on a single coin <laughs> The fact that there's not a question mark at the end of that is a ballsy move. I feel like friendship with all nations. Oh no, it's 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 just wonderful. And um, people mocking this coin are typical of the Remainers, the Ramonas, as I prefer to call them, yep. the Ramonas who simply won't get behind um, this country's project to tell the world to f- off. And uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm most disappointed that they won't, they, they can't get behind that um, right. uh, the will of the people. Yeah. And this. This coin is a sign that we're bouncing back, we're open for business, we're ready to rock and roll. It's not going to change anything, us leaving the EU, yep. um, etc. But we're all going to get a 50p piece. We're all going to get a 50p piece. It's, and going, of to course, all us, the... it's going to cost us each £75, pounds, <laughs> but we're going to get that 50p piece. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, yes, it's, it's one pence for every billion quid spent so far. There's a great um, article about the design of the coin, and it said, mm. it's not yet known exactly what the new Brexit coins will look like. Which I think is perfect. What better way to embody yeah. what Brexit is about than by being vague about what you're going to look like? It's great. <laughs> but it does, I mean, it's a bizarre time in this country at the moment where we're essentially tearing ourselves apart like a desperate teenage Labrador simultaneously undergoing violent mood swings and emotional upheavals whilst also confronting its own increasingly obvious mortality. 
Now, I know that metaphor doesn't quite work as a Labrador's <laughs> adolescent phase is not in its teenage years on a human year scale. But hey, what the heck? It's Brexit. Describing it through a metaphor that doesn't work seems almost too appropriate. Besides, I committed to the teenage dog metaphor without really fully thinking it through. And so I couldn't pull out, could I? I had to go through with it. Otherwise, how would I ever trust myself to finish a metaphor again? <laughs> American news now, and um, well, the midterms are uh, just a few days away by the time we next do a bugle. We will know uh, whether Donald Trump is being cut in half or allowed to remain whole for the next two years. Uh, well, he seems to I mean, continuing his, his scheme to make America great again by savagely attacking all the things that made America great in the first place. Again, it's very hard for us outsiders to understand. The big issues at stake for the midterms appear to be how much of a prick America is going to be as a nation <laughs> for the next two years. Healthcare. Now, I'll admit I'm a bit out of the loop and do find it confusing, but it seems to come down to whether or not rich people earning over $750,000 a year will be given a special golden ticket, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory style, entitling them to go to a hospital and unplug the life support machine of someone earning less than 20000 a year. <laughs> I'm maybe reading between the lines, but it's not it's not too far off. And one of the uh, the curious stories was the uh, this uh, Donald Trump saying that he's going to end the rights to American citizenship for the children of non-citizens who have themselves been born in uh, the USA. Now, Trump, the uh, unavoidably obvious testicle in the world's collective meatball marinara, um, <laughs> is, I mean, he's, he's taken aim at, this is the 14th Amendment birthright citizenship to the US Constitution, uh, dates back to 1868. So I guess it's understandable that he might start thinking that amendments written 150 years ago or more no longer have quite the implications that they were originally intended to have. <laughs> is that right, Donald? Is that right, Donald? Is that right, Donald? Andy. Yes? Go fuck yourself. Fair point. <laughs> Thing is, his own kids um, wouldn't fall under this, would they? Because <laughs> Ivanka Trump wasn't naturalised until after the, the, her, his kids were born. Yeah, but there's a crucial difference there uh, from a f***ing minted family. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's sorry, the 14th yeah. and a half amendment. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yeah, because what do they call them? There's a this name for the kind of babies that because the, there's a thing that Russian the the supposedly a thing Russian rich 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 Russian families do is they have the they have the kid uh, born in the US so that then they can all move to the US and uh, uh, anchor and, babies. It's a tor- horrible term, yeah, uh, and and you know Mexican people will do the same anchor babies. The idea yeah. that that anchors you to the country that you're moving. Yeah, to. yeah, and that's what he's trying to stop, isn't he? But his own kids. <laughs> His own children, for Christ's sake. I think he'd be happy on losing a few of them, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> Eric would be fine. Uh, I think it's a good idea. I think that no one should be the citizen of any country when you get born anywhere. We should just be neutral, and then it's just like a lottery system where you just find out, oh, I'm Albanian, and so I have to go live there now. And that would, I think, mix things up a little bit more. People get a little less nationalistic and would share the love around a bit. I don't know. I, if I drew Albania, I think I'd I'd go for it. I'd yep. double down yep. on being a totally nationalistic Albanian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's because you hate Britain and everything it oh, stands for. Oh, yeah, for of course. It. Sorry, yeah, I'm <laughs> determined to destroy it. Yeah, yeah. I'm really sorry. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, the midterms have tossed up. They've tossed up some weirdness, though. There's, there's, there's been this attempt. Obviously, there's the, there's the refugee convoy, isn't there, that... The, um, uh, uh, debacle where Trump sent soldiers to the border even though there are a thousand miles these people are a thousand miles from the border <laughs> he said some of them might be uh, Middle East terrorists he said George Soros is paying for it yes yeah, so um, I mean one of the things that, that I, I, I've spotted um, uh, in this sort of midterm chaos 
is um, an attempt by a, a young Trumpian Trumpist a, um, activist to smear Bob Mueller, right? Who, who, who obviously is heading up the in, in investigation into Russian interference. Blah 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 blah. And what he's done is he leaked a story that um, uh, uh, he, he said he'd found this story that um, Mueller had um, been accused of um, uh, sexually assaulting someone, right, in 2010, and it had come to him via a thing called Gateway Pundit. And it come to Gateway Pundit via a thing called Surefire Intelligence, um, an intelligence firm that, oh, look, he'd set up. Is <laughs> 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 um, Jacob Wool, uh, nextmanagement.com. He's on, he's on their um, company uh, DNS record analysis. And, and then you get into the website, and what there is to look at is absolutely amazing. He made the mistake of um, putting his own name on the company thing when he set it up, right? The Tel Aviv uh, station chief, uh, he used a picture of an Israeli supermodel, right? Um, Doug Donald, who's uh, Donald Treehorn, who's an investigator at Surefire, Surefire Intelligence. That's a cardigan model um, uh, called Nick Hopper. Um, Mark Teller, who's a private investigator at Surefire Intelligence, he's a, he's um, a, a, another he's another uh, model. And then you work your way through it, and uh, financial investigator at Surefire Intelligence, it's a picture, it's a picture, would you believe, of uh, Christoph Waltz <laughs> from, um, from the movies, right? Because this guy is so f***ing inept. <laughs> and I, I really recommend people check out Surefire Intelligence. It's absolutely amazing. And th- there he is, uh, 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 Christoph Waltz. He's from the University of Bern. He's the financial investigator there. He's from Zurich, apparently. Check his contact info out. It's the, 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 what, but what I think is amazing about this is the ineptitude of the people uh, supporting Trump. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, does it? <laughs> None of this doesn't seems matter. to matter. Yeah. And all the stuff that you used to, you wouldn't have got away with is all like, it's all gravy, isn't it? It's yeah. incredible. So basically the only remaining piece of fact in it is... Bob Mueller's name. Yes, the that's only, it. The that's only all thing, that's left. The only thing that is true is Bob Mueller's. Is Bob right. Mueller's well, name. I think we need to take this one step further, and we have a bit of breaking bugle news here. <laughs> the Republican candidate for Mid Dakota, Drellard Butlark, uh, once <laughs> exposed himself to a, a school party at a local zoo whilst dressed as a bonobo monkey, started thraggling his novel somewhat vigorously and shouting, "Don't be afraid of nature, kids!" So, <laughs> spread that news. See if you can affect the midterms. <laughs> Okay, that's all we have time for this week. If you have any emails for us, do send them in to hellobuglers at thebuglepodcast.com. Next week, it's week off time, but we will have a uh, sub-bugle for you with uh, choice excerpts from the recent and distant Bugle past. We'll be back with the live Bugle show from the Leicester Square Theatre, which uh, uh, there are tickets still available for. It's on the 14th of November at, as I said, the Leicester Square Theatre in London. That's featuring Nish Kumar and Felicity Ward. And also, we will soon have some news about the future of the Bugle. There are uh, some changes imminent, and your chance once again to play your part in keeping this podcast going for at least another 4,086 episodes. Al, Tom, it's been a delight having you both back on the show after... Uh, well, always a pleasant. Yeah, always a Thanks, pleasure. Andy. Al, Al you're... Uh, uh, why what? does everyone hate the English? Is uh, that the last one? Worldwide? Or? I don't know. They don't right. tell me. Right. I've no idea. I think probably. Yeah. Um, and we're hoping to go to other countries and, and, and be told what... Uh, what we did wrong, right? You know, I'm, I'm, I mean, that's a that's a series that has well, well in Australia. Ends, I it? mean, you'd think we might as well resettle there. <laughs> <laughs> Can we try that before. You might be here a while, mate.
Uh, Tom, any, anything to plug? Any live shows or? Uh... Uh, my uh, new stand-up show is called Enough, and that'll be touring around Australia and hopefully other parts of the world in 2019. And uh, people can follow me on Twitter at Tom C. Ballard if they like. Don't forget also to buy your tickets for uh, my um, latest instalments of Andy Zaltzman's Certifiable History this year, covering the year 2018. Coincidentally, we'll also feature Alice Fraser at the Soho Theatre from the 18th of December to the 6th of January, with a few days off. To play you out now, a little bit of history. On this day, the 1st of November in the year 1512, the Sistine Chapel ceiling was displayed for the first time. Uh, now regarded as one of the great artworks of all time, but as so often as the case, didn't entirely hit home with the critics when it was first launched. I've got some of the uh, contemporary reviews here. Uh, the teen magazine Ciao Bella uh, said, plenty of adorable hunks, <laughs> not enough relationship advice. The Catholic flagellant, nowhere near enough pain and suffering. With a ceiling that big, we wanted to see nothing but guys with nails through their hands and feet being kebabbed in the side with a spear. That's what the fans want to see in a fresco. The Vatican prude, way, way too many willies for our liking. The Daily Mail, art is shitter than it used to be. And today's Trappist simply reviewed it as... So it is 500 (laughs) years since the Sistine Chapel ceiling was unveiled. But let's hear the real story of how that came about as exclusively revealed on the Bugle way back in issue 34. Bugle feature section now, and 500 years ago this year, Michelangelo, or as he was known by his friends, Mickey Paintbrush, was commissioned to do a little bit of decorating for the Pope. He got his nickname, of course, not because of his artistic skills, but because he had tough, bristly, straight hair, which, when he was drunk, he would dip in a vat of paint and headbutt cartoon testicles into the sides of churches. Anyway, the story goes that Julius II asked Mickey Paintbrush, ''Can you whack a lick of paint on the ceiling in my chapel?'' It could do with a bit of sprucing up. Sure, Papa Jay, replied Michelangelo. What do you want? How about a bit of a fresco? Uh, sure, why not, replied the pontiff. Great, yipped the young artist. I was thinking of doing something with some dogs playing snooker. Uh, right, Mickey P, said the Pope awkwardly. It's just, uh, I was just kind of hoping for something a little bit more kind of neutral. Maybe just, you know, just a plain off-white magnolia colour. You know, Mick, something that isn't going to go out of date. Righto, skipper, replied Michelangelo, a little downcast. Hey, do you mind if I do a couple of little bits from the Bible in the corner? No, all right, conceded the Pope, but just nothing too flash, little Mickey. Yay! yelped the 33-year-old five-time winner of the Golden Chisel Award for terrific sculpture. I'll go and get my special scaffold. Four years later, an angry Pope banged on the door of the Sistine Chapel with his big staff. Have you finished yet, paintbrush? he shouted. Yep, all done, big man. The pontiff stormed in, hat akimbo. What the f*** have you done to my ceiling, you flash <laughs> Sorry, Pop, said the artist. I just got a bit carried away. Oh, balls, winced the Vatican vicar. Bloody hell, Mickey, what is your obsession with naked cocks? <laughs> Shit, I've got a christening to do in 20 minutes. This is going to have to do. OK, boss. Sorry, boss, mumbled the four-in-one painter, sculptor, architect and chicken impersonator. You haven't heard the last of this, Buonarotti, blasted the Catholic kahuna. <laughs> Give me that paintbrush. That's confiscated. Pope Julius turned to go to his dressing room. Just then, something on the ceiling caught his eye. Hang on, that looks like... No, it can't be. Is that my wang? (laughs) Mickey Paintbrush, have you painted my papal prong on that nudie man? Come here! Come here, you little... Oh, no, he's got away. I knew I should have got Da Vinci to do this. Knew it! (laughs) 